0: Welcome to Under the Bleachers. This is a podcast that explores all things sports, all things queer, and the fabulous intersection where queer and sports meet. This podcast is
1: brought to you by Team DC, the nonprofit association of LGBTQ plus sports and recreation organizations in the Washington DC area. I'm Laura. I'm on the board of Team DC. I've played and loved sports my entire life, and I've played with the DC Fury's and Rogue Darts.
0: And I'm Gabe. I'm also on the board of Team DC, and I'm a diehard sports fan. I play with many of the Team DC Sports member leagues, including the DC GFFL, Stonewall Kickball, Rogue Darts, Kara Bowling, and recently the Washington Scandals Rugby Football Club. And I also do a little drag on the side. We hope you enjoy this week's trip under the bleachers.
1: Hey everybody, it's Laura. It's January 25th. Gabe and I are still on break, but we are excited and preparing right now to bring you season two of Under the Bleachers starting in March. In the meantime, we want to keep giving you Team DC updates and also revisiting some of our favorite interviews from season one. Team DC has partnered with Nelly's Sports Bar for an initiative called Heroes for Heroes to provide free meals to DC essential workers. January's Heroes for Heroes meal was a lunch delivered to the staff at Bridgepoint Hospital, a 60-bed acute care hospital on Capitol Hill. The January Heroes for Heroes meal was sponsored by D.C. Gay Basketball League, D.C. Gay Flag Football League, Atlantic State's Gay Rodeo Association, Rogue League Sports, Caps Softball, and Team D.C. If you or your organization want to participate in future Heroes for Heroes lunches, Team DC is collecting donations of $50 or more, and you can contact Brent Miner at brent at teamdc.org for more details. Team DC is now accepting applications for the 2021 Team DC College Scholarships. Team DC Student Athlete Scholarships provide up to $2,000 of financial support to offset the cost of educational expenses. Scholarships are awarded to self-identified LGBTQ plus student athletes who have contributed to the sport in which they participate and enhance the perception of the LGBT community as a result of their contributions and involvement. If you are an educator or affiliated with an educational institution, go to teamdc.org or email scholarship at teamdc.org for more information. The scholarship application can be found on the Team DC website at teamdc.org backslash scholarship. This week we are going to revisit our interview with the Centaurs Motorcycle Club. The Centaurs are a longtime sponsor of Team DC and the Team DC Scholarship program. They are also the hosts of Mid-Atlantic Leather Weekend, which we all should be able to celebrate this weekend. Unfortunately, due to COVID, the celebration was canceled this year, but we cannot wait to see what they bring for us in 2022. We first shared this interview in season one, and we hope you enjoy it now.
0: We're back with Under the Bleachers. Today we have Patrick Grady with the Centaur Motorcycle Club. Hi, Patrick. How are you doing? Good. Thank you all for
2: including us into the podcasts.
0: And thanks for agreeing to being uh, interviewed today. Uh, we have a few questions. So, can you tell us a little bit more about the uh, Centaur Motorcycle Club?
2: The Centaur Motorcycle Club was founded in 1970 in, in Virginia. So, we are registered in the Commonwealth of Virginia. But shortly after that, a lot of people had moved up to D.C. So the club just came up the, the, the highway and established itself in Washington, D.C., and then dropped the Virginia out of Centaur Motorcycle Club of Virginia, which is now Centaur Motorcycle Club. We have 30 members, and we meet monthly except for the month of July. We're really a social club. That happens to dabble in leather and Levi. We do have a few people with motorcycles. Used to, until 1986, you had to have a motorcycle to belong to the club. And then that was changed as the club grew with new members who didn't necessarily have a motorcycle, but still liked to ride on the back of one or enjoyed the the leather motorcycle fetish that uh, most of the leather clubs all adhere to. That's a common bond with the, within the leather community is the motorcycle and how that started after World War Two, as you could, couldn't necessarily have a gay club, but you could become a motorcycle club. So uh, a lot of the gay organizations Gay leather clubs started out as motorcycle clubs.
1: Oh, that's interesting. I didn't know that, Um, um, that history.
2: And the oldest club in Washington is the Spartans, the oldest leather club. And you, to be a member of the Spartans in Washington, DC, you have to own a motorcycle.
1: Gotcha. Do the Centaur, um, does the Centaur club get together and ride motorcycles still today?
2: Uh, A few of the members, we have three at my last count, and uh, they do join. The Spartans always used to have weekend rides, so they would meet an appointed place and ride, uh, say, up into West Virginia or wherever, and we have members that live in West Virginia so they could do a barbecue and become social, and then there'd be members that follow along in their cars just in case anybody... Needed assistance while on a motorcycle.
0: Let's say for a few of our listeners, can you uh, tell us a little bit more about the leather community, or what would you consider the leather community?
2: Leather. The leather community was based on obviously with people who enjoy wearing leather, uh, the fetish of leather, whether it's uh, the the feel of it on your skin, the smell of it, uh, whether you're just in a jock a leather jock in and, and a harness to a full leather uniform or formal leather and then you're with your brothers and sisters that enjoy leather and that's how you bond you have that common part of your life which is the leather but the community's grown so much into more fetish with you've got puppies you've got rubber you've got uh Dominant, you have submissives, you have the uniforms. It's just a huge uh, group of individuals now that have a fetish, a love of a fetish, whether it's leather, whether it's cowboy, with the leather, with the boots, uh, with rubber. It's just huge all over the world. Can Do you, you bring-
1: tell me, for, as somebody who um, is not super familiar with the leather community. Can you give me an idea of what proper attire is or what
2: formal leather is? Well, in leather bars, you had to own, you. some bars in the old, in the 70s and 80s, you had to be in leather to gain access into the bar or into a back part of the bar where fun and games would occur. But that would be meaning that you had to have a piece of leather, whether it's uh, leather pants, a vest, formal leather, which is pants, a shirt, a tie, and for those people that like master caps or hats, they would be in in that type of a of a look. Boots are a big part of the community because the boots can be up to your waist they can be tied they can be motorcycle boots just all sorts of boots have always been a big part of the community but you had to be had to have that look to gain access into the into a leather bar or into a back room or back area of a bar in today's world that really doesn't work because the community is so much evolved into other fetish aspects of the leather world it's also one of the friendliest groups uh to belong with the community they're very very friendly they're very ex- accepting to people awesome it's
0: gonna ask do you have any uh i guess what would be your tips or recommendations for someone who's interested in getting more involved in the leather community
2: they can go online to different to Either international leather website or just Google leather leather clubs. Uh, sometimes they, you can be hesitant in accepting it, but once you get involved, it can really open up and help you explore into your fetish, into a uh, meeting people that are doing something differently, whether it's uh, sexually or non-sexually, but just enjoying a a group of people that love to have a good time and accept people for what they are and what they do. Um, Patrick, you right. mentioned
1: that you guys uh, have a big focus on social events. So I want to ask you a little bit about the mid Atlantic leather weekend that you uh, host every year. Can you tell us how that event got
2: started? It, uh, the original thought to that Was there's leather cocktails. Leather cocktails was a tradition that was held in New York by a different group of gentlemen at the Waldorf Astoria, and they invited people to when if they were in New York at a certain time to come to have a cocktail party, and you wore your finest leather. Uh, It moved out of New York, and we got it in 1985. Was the first leather weekend and we added leather we added the contest Mr. Mid Atlantic leather contest to the leather weekend that Tony Bacharach and Al Santor and and other gentlemen of the club at that time got it all together and we had uh our first leather cocktails and leather Mid Atlantic leather weekend it was at the eagle was one of the host bars and other bars in the city hosted the event, and it was by invitation for the Leather Cocktails. And it just grew into a, a large event that we held from for a long time at the Washington Plaza. That's when I got involved. And then we moved to the Hyatt Regency. And it, the weekend is with exhibitors, with the Leather Cocktails, and with the contest. And then throughout the years, we've raised money. Uh, as we're the stewards of everyone who pays to come to MAL, we then donate that money to different charities. Uh, The Centaurs are known for putting on a big show, uh, like a show club with lights and music and beautiful decor. And we have some very talented members who all love to do that.
1: So leather cocktails, is that just what it sounds like? It's a cocktail party, but for people who uh, participate in
2: the leather community? And it's a, yes, it is a cocktail party and you have mingling. We do uh, a couple of announcements. Uh, we do a, a history of the event, which talks about when it was held in New York and the end of the cocktail party is signified by dropping of a cock ring, which is a <laughs> metal ring that goes around one's anatomy and the original story is that someone was wearing it in New York and it slipped out and it rolled into the room and fell and you could hear this noise <laughs> and that signifies the end of the cocktail party. And then okay. everybody goes, goes along.
1: Well, that's memorable but to we say have the least.
2: <laughs> yeah. We always have a theme and so it's a uh, the, the florals, the lights, the music, all are and the food are all ro- grouped into a theme for leather cocktails, and that's ex- the signature event of the weekend. And then, of course, the other signature event is the contest, Mr. Mid Atlantic Leather, which we've had anywhere from 30, 40 member, uh, thirty or forty people enter to uh, five or ten in today's world.
1: Since we're on the topic of the contest, can you just—is yeah. it a like a traditional beauty contest, um, but for your best leather, just (laughs) explain to me what the contest entails.
2: (laughs) Right. The contest, we have uh, other local uh, and mid-Atlantic areas that have contests, leather, whether bar contests or state contests, and they send their contestants. It's an interview process. It's what you would wear at a bar, bar attire, formal attire, and physique. And there are seven judges that judge you live with the bar, bar wear, physique, and formal leather. The interview is done in the morning, and then on Sunday is the usual contest, And the winner is then announced. But yes, it's similar to a beauty contest, yes. Except there's no entertainment, so to speak. No talent. There's questions and no talent, but (laughs) some of them are very talented.
1: Can you give us a couple of examples of the type of questions that get asked at the pageant? Or, I'm sorry, the contest? (laughs)
2: Contest.
1: They'll
2: ask, uh, what is your favorite fetish? What... What What is your first piece of leather that you either bought or given? What do you see yourself in the community? How would you represent the club? Because the, the winner does represent the Centaur Club for a year. We pay their way to compete at International Missile Leather, which is in May in Chicago. And then we ask that the, the winner comes back for Pride, for Scarlet's Bake Sale and goes to the local contest as well and just promotes the good and the well-being of the community and of the club. Uh, some members, uh, some of the questions might, you know, talk about if they travel, what's their, their favorite vacation spot. So it's all over the boat. It's not political because the club, the Centaurs were not a political Club, we're a social club. Uh, but one of the things that I really found uh, very interesting, and I thought
0: was really awesome about uh, MAL Weekend, is the uh, charity recipients that come out of the event. So, can you talk a little bit about that? About uh, the different organizations that the uh, the centaurs sure. donate to.
2: Sure. Uh, as club, as a club, we discuss in October with suggestions of who we'd like to give money to after the weekend. We always let the current mid-Atlantic leather, whoever wins the title, we always allow him to make a suggestion to where he's coming from. So last year was Pittsburgh. So one of the Pittsburgh charities did receive, well, for the past three years, they've received... uh, Money from us, but the club votes in December on who we'd like to give a charity to. There may be five names or seven names. We try to give, pick a charity that's not necessarily nationally known or has have national money, like the Red Cross, because it gets lost. Where does that money actually go? I'm not belittling what the Red Cross does, but you know. Somebody like uh, Brother Help Thyself or Team DC or Rainbow Railroad, they know that money, whether it's $500 or $10,000, they know where they have plans for where that money is going to go. It's not going to go into a director or a uh, official's pocket, so to speak. It's actually going to go to to do good for someone.
0: Yeah, I see that you all are celebrating 50 years this year. Do you have any secrets, I guess, to uh, longevity in D.C., especially with some of the changing climate? It's
2: just with a group of men and women. We we had Mindy was our female member. She's now an alumni. So we have uh, associate members. We have active members and alumni and fraternal members. But we all try to get along with each other yes there's discussions and not everyone agrees on certain things but we all can put that aside and realize that the club will always evolve and change and the club we all have to do that as well we have some new members younger members coming in and they of course have a whole different look on things such as what we're doing here tonight or I mean, or other internet things. I mean, I belong back in the days of Rome, so I'm not the most technological person alive. But the club has survived through understanding changes and just trying to do our best. Whether or not we make the entire community happy, you can't make everybody happy. So we just try to do our best.
1: Patrick, what are some common misconceptions that you think people have about the leather community?
2: Okay. That we're scary, that all we want to do is tie people up and have sex and and wear very little in parade in parades or you know, we're not we're not a body-shaming group. There's leather It's everybody and anybody and the community is so welcoming. I, I think it's just sometimes within our community, the gay community, we start to eat our own. If we can't get everyone to agree that this is how we should do something. And we feed into what the population is trying to do instead of embracing each other, our differences and just strive. Granted, if you're, if, you don't like something, then you don't like like avocado. Don't eat avocado, but don't criticize somebody for enjoying avocado. It just we all have to work better together, and that's where I think some people are resent the community leather community. I guess I, I don't know. They don't understand it. They see the how different and how much of an extreme we can be, but To us, it's not an extreme, we're just having fun. I mean, flogging somebody, which is whipping somebody, it's not a bad thing when it's consensual and everybody has a safe word and it's not done out of anger, it's done for pleasure. So some of the things the community, the leather community is into may not be mainstream, but, and and that's what the community is still doing evolving with the puppies with the rubber with uh a lot of women getting involved now a lot of women which is great it's great great that the
0: community is kind of evolving and getting together and getting bigger actually just kind of right um
1: this has been very educational patrick i appreciate you taking the time to talk to us today um, before I let you go, do you want to um, tell anybody who's listening where they can find more information about the club if they're interested in coming out and joining you guys?
2: Sure. It's www.centarmc.org or leatherweekend.com are the two websites that we're using.
1: Now, if I wanted to come out and just observe some part of Mid-Atlantic Leather Weekend, would I be required to be in leather?
2: No, no. Anyone can come to the Hyatt. Everyone is welcome. Everybody is welcome. The uh, Hyatt turns into the largest gay bar on the East Coast for the entire weekend.
1: Um, all right. Well, I yeah. <laughs> I really, I, we really sincerely appreciate you taking time out of your night to talk to us. Um, and, of course, we, support, we uh, appreciate the Centaur continued support of the Team DC College Scholarship Fund. So thanks so much, and hopefully we'll uh, get to talk to you again soon.
0: Thanks for listening to this episode of Under the Bleachers. Under the Bleachers is proudly produced by and a product of Team DC. For more information about Team DC, please visit www.teamdc.org.
1: We want to give credit to Ralph Elston, a Team DC board member, for the design of our logo. Also, our intro and outro music is provided by DC's Different Drummers Marching Band and was composed by Travis Gettinger. You can always find Under the Bleachers at underthebleachers.podbean.com and our podcast is also available on Apple Podcasts and Google Play. Please remember to rate, review, and subscribe to our podcast and share us with a friend so that we can all keep meeting Under the Bleachers.
0: Under the Bleachers is hosted by Team DC Vice President Laura Frayer and Team DC Board Member for Fundraising, Gabriel Hernandez. All views and opinions expressed are solely those of the hosts and the participants
2: on Under the Bleachers and do not express the views of Team DC.